Welcome, everyone, to Stock Odds Odds and End podcast. I'm Dave Singh here with Rob Friesen. We're getting ready for the trading week ahead. Uh, last week was a pretty good week. We're up 2.5% for the averages. This week, we've got mid-month seasonality, third Friday of the month, options expiration. We're going to go over that shortly and add a little bit of macro, add some economic reports, and it should be an interesting week. So let's see what Rob has from his perch, what he sees, and uh, go from there. Good evening, Rob. How's everything? Not too bad. Let's just um, review with the context of um, as we rolled into um, sort of the middle of August, you know, we had alerts about a potential change. We still had uh, seasonality um, supposed to be, you know, a ro little robust for the five last days of August, but that was centered on the first few days of the last five days, meaning that it decayed down to the last day being slightly uh, negative. Mm -hmm. um, we saw that uh, we had some enthusiasm before the, or, or just as the window was starting on the first day of seasonality, and it really had robust performance. And then Friday was down, and then we were down since then, rolling into the first, um, day after Labor Day with seasonality um, still being down. Uh, so September 1st, 2nd and the 6th were uh, down sessions. And then we had a little rally for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh -huh. So, you know, whether that's sustainable or not, we have to look at a number of things, including our indicators. Um, so we do see that the US dollar has gapped down uh, since it opened, um, the uh, Sunday Sunday futures they open at 6 p.m. Uh, Eastern time, 3 p.m. Pacific time. So uh, since then, you know, the U.S. dollar had to move down, uh, the euro had to move up, and that's because the euro inflation is running really hot, and we're, everybody's expecting, um, you know, based on banter and as well as you know well this is pretty obvious that they're going to have to do something about it mm -hmm. so they're expecting rates to to go up and that's why the euro is responding positively and that's putting some pressure on the u.s dollar because if the u.s dollar is at a premium and the euro has you know dipped below one dollar so significantly discounted um what an opportunity to you know say short the U.S. dollar and buy the euro. I mean, it might not work out, but uh -huh. that's that's how professionals look at things is like mean reversion, mean reversion, mean reversion, mean reversion. So um, I think that, you know, that's a, that's a potentially good trade, which is going to, you know, change a little bit some domestic companies and, you know, multinationals is you know it changes the landscape a little bit when the u.s dollar pulls back so we're now in our fourth day of decline on the dollar since it really peaked okay we don't know if it'll hold we don't know if it'll change whatever but that's that's what's going on now so let's run through uh just some of our futures and give you some perspective here on what's happening um we had as the u.s dollar had sort of gapped down the stock market had gapped up in terms of the futures, and it's been sort of pulling back since that. So if you look at where we've come from here, 
we really spiked major major gap this is this is very different than some of the other days we've seen where we kind of just open benign and rally a little bit we really gapped and now we're pulling back so the dow jones futures are still up 110 and up 0.34% but way down from the highs when we opened uh s&p 500 up 17.25 or 0.42% again way down from where they were Nasdaq as well, up 75.5, 0.6%, again, way down from the highs. Russell, up 5.4 dollars, um, we are 0.29%. So it looks like the Nasdaq 100, uh, being technology heavy, no financials in there, um, is performing the best so far. Uh, China is responding positively to the move down on the dollar. Um, there's more stimulus going on in China, et cetera. Um, so that uh, could be important. Uh, the VIX is still at uh, 23.85, so still over the 20 mark. But if we see an up open and the market wants to build on that, I would expect the VIX to decline. So it could be a risk on day on Monday, just the way things are setting up. Mm -hmm. um, and Wednesday is the first day of seasonality. I'll let you comment on that in a moment. Just looking at metals. Um, pulled Again, most of these things have pulled back since the futures opened. The metals have pulled back and the energy has pulled back. Um, so we'll have to see the when you see this type of behavior you got to really take it into the next morning and look at things pre-market you know what is the market telling you um you know what are the indicators is it risk on still is it risk off okay over to you uh wednesday starts mid-month seasonality what do you got for us yeah so we have two good events this week in terms of the almanac we have uh, wednesday mid-month seasonality which is a couple day window and then also that uh, third Friday. Um, of the two, the third Friday of the month has more of a robust signal. I mean, uh, mid-month seasonality for the spider is minus 0.14% for that window. But for the Friday, it's minus 1.02%, right? So it's expected to have a pretty significant down day on Friday and slightly down day over the mid-month. So um, when you compare that to things like the, the Russell, the Russell is expected to do slightly better. It's actually positive 0.02. Uh, the Qs are expected to do worse than the spider for seasonality, and the diamonds are expected to be positive. So, so of the the four um, averages there, maybe be longer things in the the Dow Jones or the the Russell 2000, and um, shorter things in the Qs themselves in the Nasdaq. Now, um, some of the sector ETFs within that for mid month seasonality um, to be longer things like oil biotech xbi even the art k um, complex art kk smh which is chips financials um, energy and even some of the individual big cap stocks that are in there like tesla 2.01 percent for the mid-month seasonality facebook 1.01 nvidia 0.62 so there are some big cap um, names that you could go longer and shorter things like um staples um silver even apple right so that's for the mid-month for the third um friday of the month on on friday you can expect a pretty big down day for the spider minus 1.02 
and that's better than that's worse than um, all the other averages. The best would be the Russell 2000, and within that, it's, it shows to be shorter things like basic materials, energy, and industrials, and longer the rest of the ETFs. So it's kind of a mixed thing there. You could pick out some sectors to play against each other, but it is a relatively weak um, week, week and a week Friday for sure. And then we do have some economic reports mattered throughout the week. Um, inflation will be uh, at the top of people's minds again because Monday there's a, a New York Fed inflation report. On Tuesday, there's core CPI, consumer price index. Wednesday, producer price index. Um, so that, that's going to keep inflation um, data there. And then Thursday, there's jobless claims that'll show if the economy is really weakening or recessions likely. And then Friday is the consumer sentiment report. Shows you how the We also have retail sales for Thursday. Yeah, retail sales also. Right, and Philly Fed. Um, so the consensus reading is down on both of those versus what was previous. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Um, it's a it's a solid week packed full of stuff. I mean, I find that uh, over the last uh, 19, 20 years, I guess since 19 years since um, 9/11, that <clears throat> there's a little bit of concern going into the days surrounding 9/11, whether there's going to be some other event by some, you know, adverse nation somewhere doing something. Um, and when we come out of it and and nothing has happened that's you know bad on the terrorist front, um, usually we we rally. I mean that's been my experience is a little bit of concern before, but we had a rally last week. But nonetheless, I mean if nothing happens over the weekend, then um, you know it can be like okay good, and you get a bit of a relief rally. So it wouldn't surprise me to to have risk on tomorrow or even. Uh, into Tuesday, but of course the 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 CPI on Tuesday is going to be a a, a big deal, right? I mean, mm -hmm. the inflation is still, like you said, top of mind. Um, so yeah, we're we, we're seeing stimulus in China, we're seeing um, raising rates in in Europe, we're seeing um, you know we've got a lot on the schedule for quantitative tightening in September. There's not a a lot of great reasons to you know, to rally. But I mean, hey, you know, people are people are headline driven and we have seen some good reports of uh, Ukraine uh, taking some ground back from Russia, you know, and so maybe people are thinking, hey, maybe there is an opportunity for this this war to end and, you know, Putin to be, you know, put in his place or whatever. I don't know. But uh, I can't say that uh, there's no reason for good news to come out, but um, we're in a time between now and the midterm elections when, you know, there's a lot of overhead pressure, a lot of resistance to climb back up through on the market technically. And, um, you know, these are historically not the better performing months. So, um, September is usually the worst performing month of the, of the year and October is the most volatile of the year, and that's all in front of the midterms, mm -hmm. right? But we're gonna we're gonna take everything in stride. We're gonna put it all together. Uh, a seasonality backdrop is is important because it's what has happened in the past, and then we take it into um, what are the contrary things that 
may impact seasonality so that it doesn't play out that same way, right? Yeah. Um, and it's and it's and it's fine. It, it doesn't it doesn't mean that it it's a big deal to us. It's like here's the context. Here's what normally happens, and here's the new macro forces that we have to deal with that are putting a opposing you know an opposing force on this. So that's where we're at. Um, I did notice that um, for hotels, occupancy rate was up 3.1% compared to the same week back in 2019, which was pre-COVID, right? We didn't have COVID until 2020. Um, I mean, we may have had it, but I mean, it didn't really start hitting until New Year's on 2020. But um, if hotel occupancy is up, travel is doing well. So I would favor travel stocks. I would favor... Uh, you know, the hotel chains, things like that, even some of the casino stocks potentially. Um, so just keep that in mind. In mm -hmm. um, railroad car loads uh, is up year over year, um, but the intermodal is down a little bit. Um, yeah, just keep your eyes. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of other leading indicators. We call them leading indicators, even though they're maybe August, you know, information or whatever, but they can contribute to investors positioning of capital, you know, reallocating or whatever. Um, and, and so each industry sort of has the metrics that people look to, whether it's seats, you know, how many seats are sold on planes, how many hotel rooms are taken, how many car loads for, you know, trains, you know, how, how many sales for automakers, you know, the, Retail sales, there's a lot of these type of uh, numbers that come out and they do contribute to investor flow. Okay. Mm -hmm. So with that, we'll uh, be done. Um, we'll uh, look to, you know, get our own homework done here ahead of uh, Monday trading and um, we'll be considering all these things we talked about. So good trading, everybody. We'll catch you here next week. All right. Good luck.